Welcome back to The Crack. What a wild week we're in store for here, guys. The UFC and WWE have merged. My God, it's going to be the biggest start of the year. There is nothing that will top this. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to play out. But a lot of talk today. My God, huge news. I mean, I don't watch a lot of wrestling events, but I watched this weekend and all of a sudden, WWE is being sold and merged with the UFC. I mean, for a whopping $21.4 billion. Like, I'm not going to take all the credit for it, but I should probably take some. I, and I am going to take some. Like, some of them, those tweets had wild activity on them. Crazy. Talking 40 likes. But uh, it, was a, it was a great weekend for European MMA. I mean, some people from the scene had the best performances of their lives. And some of them didn't even win. On Friday night, Liam McCord v. Katzengano. A crazy fight. So competitive. Such a huge step up for Leah against a legend like Kat. She looked brilliant. Best I've ever seen her fight. When all, all was said and done, I, I legitimately didn't know what way it would be scored. I think Leah wore a lot more of the damage, like visibly. But I mean, every round just felt like you could split down the middle. Leah opens up strong. Literally first two and a half minutes of every round nearly. And then Zagano comes into her own. It was a brilliant, brilliant fight. It should have been the main event of that card. Daniel James and Marcelo Gon were at the top, but the interest levels in Leah and Zingano and the fight itself was just so much better. It was a brilliant, brilliant fight. The best of Leah's career. Honestly, like I said to everyone I was speaking to, I text Leah as well and I said, you know, she has every right to be very proud of what she did there. There was people going crazy online saying she should have won. And I understand that. Then it was Loch Nain on the PFL, calf kicks doing work. On Marlon Moraes, a legend of the calf kick himself. Got them out there in, in two rounds. I thought he looked brilliant. Like, you can only fight who's in front of you. I put this out, and it was like, oh, who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Blah, blah, blah. Look at Brendan. Look at what he did in that fight. It was brilliant. I thought he was fantastic. I mean, he's going to have a really tough fight in his next one if he comes up against uh, Kabalayev. He looks brilliant. Bubba Jenkins obviously beating Chris Wade. Completely dominated him, to be fair. But Lachnan's the only one getting finishes there, as he pointed out quite a lot in the post-fight situation and i don't blame him i was pondering whether you know he'd taken the 30 percent championships champions improved by 30 percent that leon kept parroting during his fight week at ufc 286 obviously customato had said to teddy atlas teddy atlas then said on his podcast that week leon heard it and vibe with him certainly looked right with lock nine in terms of his performance as well Ugh, i'm all over the place will flurry a split decision win over Christoph Jocko, the biggest win of his career too. Without a doubt, it's the biggest win of Will's career. Looks massive at 205. Holy shit. Looks crazy big. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for his and Sean Strickland's introduction. It sounds like they've earned each other's respect through war, which completely makes sense given who those two guys are. The raw bastard. Delighted to see him doing it on the big stage. New focus about him. Great to see. Great to see these Europeans on these big stages. Leah, Brendan, Will, Luke Trainer as well on that Bellator card. It's brilliant to see. And another strong show for PFL, you'd have to say, on the back of that first European series event. They had Martin Hamlet there as well. First round submission win. The reason why I always remember Martin Hamlet is because he took on Bukaukas at that, um, the Hammersmith Odeon at that Cage Warriors event. And everyone thought Hamlet was about to beat Bukaukas. And he, uh, Modestus obviously beat him and went on to the UFC. Took a step back from the UFC and now he's back in. Always rated Hamlet very high. Norwegian wrestling background. Uh, well, wrestling background from Norway. Really strong showing from him. It was a big weekend for Irish MMA in general. I'm uh, looking at Andy Hickey's tweet here. John Mitchell win. Kiefer Crosby with a win. Kiefer Crosby with the biggest win of his career against Alex Cowboy 
uh, Oliveira. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the story about Kiefer's fight to the back end of the show. I'll talk to Chuck before then, but uh, it was it was a mad night trying to just follow that fight. And then um, obviously Will Flurry, who I mentioned, Liam McCourt, who I mentioned, not victorious but looking very good. And then Nadine Abbott Bissett from uh, Andy Ryan's team, Rhino, got a big win on Combate Global. Like, what are they doing in terms of promotion? When I see the likes of Andy Stevenson tweeting out that he had had no idea that was happening, a guy that's all over the earth scene, that's crazy to me. And then I see Andy Hickey as well the next day saying, pal, hands up to fight next and they're not going to hear a whisper about it until he fights. That's just not on. That is not on. A promotion's job is to promote. The fighter's job is to fight. You know, surely the Irish fan base is thriving. Surely you want them watching this card. If you put it out that they're fighting there, they will watch the card. I've been there myself trying to watch fans. Trying to buy everything you're you're seeing. It's, it's a dangerous business, but what can you do? I was trying to get uh, a certain guest on today, but unfortunately Vegas has eaten them up and swallowed them. But we, we said we'll do it again. There's no harm in that because it's a huge week for the UFC. I've already been on the Ring Around MMA show talking about this merger and potential ramifications about it with uh, the great Chuck Mendenhall. And I figured as I was talking to Chuck, I was like, hey, I want to talk to you. This guy has been entrenched with the, the guys in Glover's gym. Obviously, Glover being Alex Pereira's head coach. I feel like he has an intimate knowledge of this subject. It's one of the biggest grudge matches of the year. It is the biggest grudge match of the year. You're not even talking about middleweight title online. You're talking about legacies online. So it's, it's a huge one. So let's go over to me and Chuck and I'll be back to discuss Kiefer Crosby's big win in Porto and a little bit more. See you in a second. We're building up to one of the biggest grudge matches of the year. It is Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya for all the middleweight marbles. And I thought, who better to bring in than my great friend, one of my heroes, Mr. Chuck Mendenhall, who's done a fantastic table setter on the Ariel Hawani channel on YouTube. You can check it out. It's called Pereira v. Adesanya. Is it even a rivalry? And that's where I'd like to start, Chuck. Why is this, in your opinion, not a rivalry? <laughs> I like this. This is this is more your speed. See, I like this kind of pizza. Are we audio or is this visual too? Are we it's just... visual too. People are going to see wow. everything. All right. Yeah. All right. They're going to see this handsome mug. All right. You know what, man? Um, it's not a rivalry when it's three to nothing, right? It's not a rivalry when it's three to nothing. I know that you can look at it that way because most people have been looking at this this whole situation through Israel's Izzy's lenses, right? Like they're they're kind of seeing it through his story. He was the first guy to kind of um to be on the scene. I think he made a very big name for himself. We're starting to talk about him in historical context a little bit, like within the middleweight uh, champion ranks and all that stuff. And this other guy comes along who's just part of his backstory, but a very significant backstory because he beats him twice in kickboxing, right? And I know the, you know, it's a close fight. And then there's a there's a one of those table turning moments in the second fight. And so you get into the third fight and basically happens again. Now he's down 0-3. It's not really a rivalry, regardless of how he's losing, right? Like it, it, he has to win a fight for it to become that. I'm not sure that Israel Adesanya sees it that way. He might. He might look at this, but I think he sees him more as like the bane of his existence, honestly, at this point. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that Alex, if you were talking to him, he's like, well, he's just a guy that I keep beating. So is that a rivalry? It's not a rivalry, right? So I feel like uh, the right to call this a rivalry is kind of what the sub stakes are, I guess, for UFC 287. And Israel Adesanya rightfully even call it a rivalry and honestly man it's such a weird one like if he's able to avenge it and just kind of win who knows if they even do the trilogy fight who knows uh we're just we've seen it through israel's lens this whole way 
And uh, it's just basically whose story being told as we go in this. That's kind of what that essay was about. Whose story is this? Obviously, if Israel wins, it continues to be his story. But if he doesn't, I feel like it was kind of Alex's story all along. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from completely. And um, although it isn't a classic rivalry, it's certainly a grudge match, right? Like, I mean, in terms of how I'm seeing Israel in the lead up to this, he's openly kind of saying it's personal. You see, there's a clip going around online where people are like, look, he, he's so rattled by this. He's, he's talking about Pereira kind of mocking the the, the soft toys right. he has while he's watching the, the fights. Um, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, I'm watching Israel's video blogs. They're talking about being the toughest camp of his life. He, is, he seems to be wrestling a lot more, but obviously we're only seeing what he's giving us. But in terms of We've just come off Usman and Leon, and it's a very similar situation, right? Like, it's a guy that was losing most of the fight, then wins the yeah. fight, and then we go in. It doesn't seem to have the same nettle in it that this one does. Uh, do, you, do you agree with me? Like, this feels a lot more close to the bone for Adesanya. There, there were certain... I mean, they're, they're very different... I'll address your first the first thing you asked sorry, me. I asked you loads the, of shit. There, no, sorry. that's okay. Like the grudge thing I think is legit. Now this is a legit grudge match, but I think it's really coming from the one side. Um I don't understand. It's almost like a, a mercenary feel when it comes to Alex Pedetta, right? Like he's just this hired gunman to come in and just kind of take out this guy from have achieving a legacy, and maybe he disappears. We've talked about this before. I don't know how he stacks up against most of the other top talent in that division. He could lose to all of them. We don't know that. But for whatever reason, he has this guy's number. And for him, it's just like a hitman going in and taking care of his business. But for Israel, it's very personal. It feels very zeroed in on like cosmologically like where so, somebody's like hey man uh you can beat everybody but this it's like he's got some some weird thing that he can't overcome is this the time it very well could be honestly man i kind of lean toward izzy given the psychological interplay and we talked about this a lot with the usman edwards uh you know trilogy fight like who's you know who has the psychological advantage here and i you were like well edwards probably has it you know um and then it plays out that he's able to do it but he did that through just being a better fighter that night. How much does the mental side play into it? I mean, it always does, right? But I feel like Israel Adesanya is just so mentally tough that if anybody's going to overcome it and make it seem all of this before, or everything that stood before it just kind of seemed like, uh, you know, dressing for his big moment to just kind of knock this guy out or something, This I could see that happening. You know, I could see Israel doing that. But man, I'm telling you, there's no way that this guy hasn't looked at Alex Pettet as the bane of his existence as a guy who has just derailed so many of his good vibes that he had, the historical aspects, everything else. It's a big time grudge match. I know he won't talk like that. Like he kind of he he tries to kind of be above it, and he's very good at that. But you can't tell me as a competitor that this guy isn't under his skin in that way. Like this is a big time grudge match for him. You know what's crazy to me? Ever since uh, Lee, like up until obviously the the trilogy fight they had. After Usman, Leon, the, the second fight where Leon claims the title, so many people were saying, like, it was just lucky. You know, the, the guy right. lost four rounds and the know, like, thing, yeah. got him with a nice shot. But, I mean, I had Israel winning the fight against Alex. Obviously, the first MMA fight they had, I was there in Madison Square Garden for it. I can remember being there thinking, is he kind of stung him in the first I think it might might have happened in the second and fourth as well, and then obviously the the stoppage happens in the fifth. But why isn't it that anyone's talking about this as a fluke in the same way as they were with Leon? Leon had a good first round They're against Usman, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 
Am I crazy or no, is no. that different? I mean, I think the big difference is, so this is just, you tell me what you think about this. Okay. I think that because he, and I'm talking about Israel Adesanya, broke out the singlet at some point in that fight and was able to out-wrestle and kind of show a blueprint, which was a little different. Uh, people knew that this could be a vulnerability, but to see Israel Asana, who's like a kickboxer himself, actually out wrestling and kind of grappling with him, that was that was weird. That stays with me. That almost makes me think, and I'm telling you, man, because Adesanya is not above putting on a boring fight. He is not above no doing that. He will do it if it if he feels that that's his path to victory. I feel like him knowing that really plays into this somehow. Like we just have this knowledge, you know, that um that he can he can do that now. Has Alex corrected that part of him? Maybe. Maybe he's tried to get stronger at that just in the event that that's the kind of fight that Izzy wants to do. But it does have a feel that there are more. there's more to it than just what was going on with Leon. You know, I think everybody knew Leon was a well-rounded fighter. He was just getting beat in certain areas. And then you knew, though, that he might have it in him to correct that, you know, and and maybe, you know, use some of that stuff against Usman, which I think he did in the end. But this one, I don't know. I, I just get the sense that Alex Pereira does something pretty sublimely. He's a very vicious, vicious, hard-hitting guy. But if you take that away, um, I don't know his path to victory. So I feel like Israel Adesanya knows that. He's a very cerebral fighter. And I think that that just kind of, for whatever reason, that overrides the psychological edge in this one more so than it did in that other one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I obviously watched, I I, I told you before, I've watched that five times, the video you did on Ariel, because it's just so good at, at setting the table. I've, I've been told if you watch it, this is the sixth time when it really, you really start to it's see it, yet. though. It's so layered. <laughs> it's so layered. Different things are jumping out to me every time. Nice. But, but what, what you said in terms of the shrugging bane of his existence or something you said at one point, like, you know, this was a guy that he thought he put in his past and here he comes again. He kind of, I don't know if it's right to say, like, you know, he forces Adesanya to pursue this MMA. So I think it was something yeah. he was always going to do, but probably helped him into it to some degree. Yeah. Like, that is a crazy situation for this guy to come out of nowhere. And everybody was kind of saying, oh, they just, they're just building him up, put him against Strickland so he can eventually get this fight. There's no, right. there's no new opponents for Israel. They need a fresh body. And, and this guy, you know, he has a pass with him. So this is going to work. But now he has the opportunity to kind of destabilize his legacy in MMA too. I mean, it's, it's crazy that we are always looking at this. We're always looking at this fight through, through Israel's point of view. Mm -hmm. What does this mean for Alex if he goes in there and does it again? I mean, you're close to the man. These are both Connecticut natives. I oh, mean, so far, I don't know if you can get close to that man. He's, uh, <laughs> we're close in proximity. <laughs> what what does it mean for him? You know, to uh, do this again for a four time right in, across different disciplines. But what's his I mean, legacy? Be quite this? literally, though, I think that it would seem like. The one thing we know about him is that he has Israel Adesanya's number. And so that would be the biggest thing, right? Like, and I kind of was trying to point this out in that essay. It's like, maybe that's enough legacy for anybody. Like, if you can just go in there and derail this guy and kind of keep him from historical heights, a lot of people would take that legacy if that's what you can do. Now, I'm not saying he can't do more in that division. I would just say that there are going to be guys who are going to center on his weakness way more than Israel seems willing or capable of, right? Like, there are guys who are just dogged wrestler types who are going to like uh, go in there and 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 just try to neutralize him, nullify him, and just you know bring the pestle down on him and just like finish him. You know what I mean? Like I, you could see that happening. I think from my instinctual perspective, I think that 
I think that that's how he would be viewed as a guy who got, but he just had the magic potion to get by the guy who was getting by everybody else. But then just speculating, he may not have it to get by the next guy. So all the guys that Izzy's already been through might be able to go through this guy. It's just one of those situations. It's just one of those situations. You know, I, I don't see Israel's legacy as tarnished because of what happened in Madison Square Garden. I don't see no. it tarnished because of what happened to Jan Blachowicz. But I do feel as though a second time of happening, you know, a lot of people are going to revisit, like, where is he in this middleweight all-time greats? I'd say a lot of people have him right behind Anderson Silva now, you know, for in right. terms of the body of work he's put together. Does he remain there? Do, do people start to reimagine what Israel Adesanya meant to the UFC if he comes away from Miami with another L? That's a really good question. You know, it's like, I think he was on such a skyrocket. It's weird too, man. Every situation is so different, but I feel like within the diehard center of the sport, there was this, you know, just something like a spark of, we were always paying attention to Israel Adesanya more than anybody else. So going back to his first fight with, what was his name, Rob Wilkinson? That yeah. dude, uh, Going back to that, everybody kind of had their eyes on him, and it's, it's it's fairly meteoric, right? Like the way he was able to kind of get through everybody, get the title shot, win it, um, go through the division, be that guy. That it feels so anticlimactic historically if this happens to him, and I don't know, I don't know how he recovers. He's one of those guys who's put together in a very uh, durable way. Like his mind, I feel like is his strongest you know, his strongest uh, skill. Like he just, he's a, a brilliant type of guy. Like he, the way he handled that loss was, um, was amazing, but we don't judge guys on how they, in the end, if they lose a few fights, we don't really judge them that way. We're just like, how did they do on their career? I don't know. You know, it's like, I just think that from his, I think that the perception would change a lot from his me- meteoric rise and what we projected, how far that was going to go versus where he ended up. And uh, how does he correct that afterwards? I don't know. Like, presuming he loses this fight, like, where does he go from there? I don't know. That's a that's such a weird question, man. I mean, he's already beat a lot of those guys in the division. And you have some monsters coming up now. If he's forced to face one of those types of guys, you know, like, you know, one of these guys who just uh, looks like trouble for him. I mean, like a Shamayev. Yes. I'm like, it could just start going south for him. I mean, that's kind of how it happens in the fight game. Guys are there. They could be. You know, skyrocketing right through everything, and then one slip up becomes like their whole spiral. I think that's what we called this uh, essay: is like, is it a rival or a spiral? And honestly, I think that's the isn't that kind of the real subtext of the thing? It's like I don't, we don't know what we're seeing yet, but uh, I'm I, I would say that he, I, if anybody could recover and and still make a crazy career and you know continue on and win a lot of fights, I would say it's Israel Adesanya. But at the same time something would be compromised. We wouldn't be looking at them in the historical great conversations anymore, you know? And that's kind of crazy because I thought we were going to for a long time. Absolutely. I, I think one thing I, I'd like to talk about um, is the two guys in the corner because yeah, Behrman for me is, I, I think he's one of the great minds of MMA that we've seen. When he talks, I listen. Everything he says, I'm, I find myself so plugged into. And one thing he has said since... The very first time I interviewed him, which I think was before Izzy's second UFC fight, his wife actually uh, forced him to do it, if I remember correctly. And now he's turned into a media darling. So I credit myself with giving Eugene <laughs> Berman to the world. Yeah, you I should do. do that. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna you, tell you've him seen that. how this works for Ariel, right? Like he just kind of, anytime he can take credit, he does. And look where he got. You got to start doing that a little bit. I mean, I bite, 
I bite my lip until it bleeds sometimes as he tells the guys I've been covering for decades. You know, I did it. I bet you. But in fairness, he probably did. He's probably yeah. very accurate. But yeah. um, I was thinking about Behrman because Behrman, some of my favorite footage of Behrman is him bollocking his students, like just having them, just dressing them down. Like you are this and that. And he often talked to me about what would change in Israel as he became this superstar. And he'd say, like, I'm openly worried about it. I don't know what happens here. But I feel like a loss in his division, the middleweight, against a guy that has been the stone in his shoe for his entire career, I think that gives Behrman a lot of room to work. I think suddenly, you know, all them point. issues that, not not issues, I don't even know if there was issues, but say some things where Izzy could brush him off and say, look, it's fine, I'm, I'm going to be here later, anything like that. I'd say he eradicates that immediately. Wow. If if you want to get that belt back, you're going to have to start doing things exactly how I want you to do them. And, and for me, that's going to be a big change here. You're he said, I've gone from being the hunted to the hunter. And I think Behrman's mind will right. also be like that. Like, do you agree with me on that? Like it gives him a lot more room to kind of coach, I guess, in this situation. Yes, 100 percent It's funny because uh, you know, historically, I remember Greg Jackson doing an interview with him when he had john jones right and you'd ask him like uh who's who's the down where, where's the downfall here where, who's the guy what he's like well the, well the guy who can beat john jones is john jones if john jones you know he this is way before john jones was in yeah. trouble too this is when john jones was still uh you know beating up purse snatchers in new jersey you know what i mean before his, when he was before, a superhero yeah he was a superhero <laughs> still. so it's like i think there is something to that it's funny though with Izzy because obviously, man, I mean, the dude was, he was kind of all over the place. I never felt like he was this transcendent pop culture guy. He wasn't in the pop culture. He wasn't like, uh, I mean, he was, he was showing up a little bit, but he wasn't Conor McGregor or somebody who's just, uh, you know, just all over the place. But he definitely was a big name within our sport, more in the Chuck Liddell sense or something like that, like where people know him, you know. Um, I didn't really sense that he had like a big ego issue. You know what I mean? So the I guess the the big the bigger thing to me is he's always kept it a little bit real, a little bit humble. Like yeah. at least it has struck me this way. And that's also a tribute to his team. I feel like he's very loyal to 100%. them in the way that, you know, they've kept him there. But you're right. I think he becomes more malleable. Like he if if anything, he wants to if he, the kind of competitor he is, I think he is that kind of guy. Like he would dig deeper to figure out how to get overcome whatever's uh plaguing him and all that stuff, and he would keep going. I could see that one hundred percent losses are weird in this sport like it depends on what you're really doing if you're like one of these guys who you're really trying to get better even if you've already held the title you can still get better man i mean but there are other guys who they've already kind of been at the mountaintop and then they they think that they're still capable of having the mental edge to stay there or to get back there but they don't um but i do think that they have that dynamic i think that they speak to each other in higher ways and um it's showed man over the course of time i could see that 100 percent on the flip side of that, Glover Teixeira, one of the most well-rounded 205ers we've ever seen in the UFC in terms of he can you know, he can bang when it's on the feet. He's a great clinch game, and he's brilliant on the ground. Do you think he's looking at that first fight and, you know, almost like Cyril Gann post John Jones, we're not even throwing a punch in this camp. You're simply <laughs> grappling for the whole time. Like, Do, do you think they've made that uh, a priority Probably. based on what they... I think they, so, man. I do think that they had to have made that a priority because to me, that was a red flag. And it was a red flag that existed before we saw that. But yes. the fact that Israel Adesanya, who I'm guessing wrestles but reluctantly at any point in his life, you know, like is uh, able to get that done, that's something that needs to be addressed. Glover, man, I mean, they 
I've been over to their gym. They do work on a lot of this, but he's very good at like specializing and bringing guys in who I think, uh, you know, would kind of give the right looks and all that stuff. So I would, I would think that that's being addressed. Let's put it that way. I don't know if you can, that's always the problem with a wrestling deficiency from a guy who's just straight up native kickboxing background. Like that's what he's really good at. And instinctually, that's what he does. It's very tough to instill something as, you know, just blue collar and grinding as wrestling into that. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a tough, that's a tough ass. So I don't know how much you will have come along in that time, but I can guarantee they were working on it. And it's also like he, you know, I've watched the guys. I don't think I've ever watched like rounds upon rounds on Instagram the way I do when it's put at it. Like I will watch him yeah. train with guys and to be such a front runner in all of those rounds to then go into a situation where you're getting mauled and it's painful it's and your body's sore. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, if he somehow develops a game, I would be so impressed with that. But wouldn't that change everything though? Like suddenly he looks like he knows what he's doing a little bit that way. Maybe I would change my opinion from earlier when we were talking about like, could he beat the other guys? I don't know. If he shows drastic improvement and like, I don't know, that seems like a pipe dream in a little way. But but I'm like, it. I think we would view him differently if we see him shutting down those attempts or maybe punishing them in ways. And you just see the cerebral side of that with that, um, with that game plan and all that. That would be that would be pretty impressive. How excited are you for this? Because I have to say, like. Same with the London card. I was I was buzzing for it, and I am buzzing for this. I am yeah. genuinely like even the co-main event. I love it. I obviously, uh, you know, I've said I think Burns is going to have a good night there. But this main event, <laughs> I just feel like there's so much on it. Like there's legacies on the line. Yeah. Not only a world title, like it's it's so much bigger than that. And as you say, it could flip from being Izzy's story to Alex's. And yeah, absolutely yeah. insane. So are, are you are you in the same with me? Are you, are you excited for this one? I am, man. But you know what's funny? Because I feel like we're just going from one pay-per-view to the next. It used to be easy to just be like, uh, you know, this UFC diehard who's like every fight card seemed like the biggest one and all, yeah, yeah. all this stuff. But man, this year is legit like that. Like these these pay-per-views have been off the hook. I don't want to jinx anything because we're taping this on a Monday right now. And I don't want to like, uh, you know, jinx anything. But the biggest thing is most of these fights have stayed intact, right? Like they have stayed intact. Yes. We've gotten there. And uh, as long as this thing stays intact, as long as I'm seeing those guys walk out, yeah, man, I think I'm all I'm conditioned because you've followed the sport for a yeah. long ass time. I'm conditioned to always downplay my enthusiasm until I see that moment because too many times had my heart broken, PT, too many times. So, uh, well, you're I the like first this. person that said that, so I'm going to blame you if that actually does happen, Chuck. I have heard nobody else talk about this falling out on the fight week, so that's all you if that happens, my friend. <laughs> See, I'm a guy who keeps it real, though. I like, you know what I mean. But, uh, but let's just hope that everything uh, goes into it. But yes, I'm buzzing, man. We, we're just we're getting so many good ones in a row. It's amazing that you can have this much interest in each of these pay per views the way we do, man. And it's been fun because at least we we have these. These outlets, we're talking about them. It's a lot more fun to jump on and talk to you guys You guys about them. You know what I mean? Finally, and this could change before our uh, preview for The Ringer. As it usually does with me, I might change my mind like four times okay. in the space of a week on yeah, this. Yeah. What I is your, of Monday, of fight week, what is your current prediction? I'll give you mine. Okay. I'll give you a wild one. I have two. One is okay. Izzy decision. One is Izzy submission. And okay. I want to go with Izzy submission just to be sexy. What are you going for? Wow, that's that's a good call. I do think Izzy wins. I do oh. think he wins. I don't know. It hurts you to say that. Look, I can see your face. It's going, oh. 
Shit. Ah, I'm uh, betraying like my one of my best good buddies out here. No, I'm just I'm we're not actually that close. I've already talked to him a couple times. Best mates. They go to the beach <laughs> together. They do all kinds of shit. Feel I know Glover way, Glover way more. But uh but I'm I, I feel Izzy as crazy as it is to and I feel like we've we've detected these patterns before, and I'm like, I just as much as that question is there. I don't think Izzy falls for that. I think he still cleans the slate, goes in there, and takes care of business this time. How he gets it done, I don't know yet. I'll maybe have a clearer idea as we get closer, but uh, I think he does it. And I could change my mind too, man. I could change my mind. <laughs> Remember when we went to the freaking, we were like, we were in uh, Brooklyn and we were recording the last, uh, right before the card and the whole weight issue with Pareto, like, oh, like yes. oh my God, is it going to make weight? I mean, who knows? By the time we get to Saturday, if everything's intact, what? How many times I've I've changed my mind? But right now, as of Monday, April third, I'm choosing Izzy. Beautiful, Chuck. Thank you so much. I'll see you when we're recording the Ring Around May show later this week, my friend. We should just keep recording. Like, continuous take. Thank you. Here's Ariel. He just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. It's always fun, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much to the legend that is Chuck Mendenhall, the greatest feature writer in the history of MMA, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as everybody's concerned, let's be honest. As I referenced there, he has a great piece up on the Ariel Hawani Show channel on YouTube. It's a beautiful table setter for this weekend, as we said, the biggest grudge match of the year. So much riding on it. Another man who had a lot riding on a fight last weekend was Kiefer Crosby, who took on Alex Cowboy Oliveira in the main event of Roy's FC in Porto. Now, a lot of eyebrows were raised when this fight was made. You know, a very, very tough test for Kiefer, who was vying for the UFC. Kiefer Crosby trains out of SBG, had his time with Bellator, was released after two losses. He gets back in the win column and Centurion against an opponent a lot of people hadn't heard of. And then he's booked against Alex Cowboy Oliveira, a guy with 22 UFC fights. A legend of the welterweight division. Kiefer's more of like a a tweener between lightweight and 170, but he absolutely burst Cowboy. It was a wild round. Cowboy had some success earlier on, then Kiefer knocked him down, and then he's just, the onslaught was crazy. Kiefer just kept pouring on, his face bloodied by them opening exchanges. He's just pouring it on, eventually gets Cowboy's back up against the fence, and he's just throwing everything. And the kitchen sink. Elbows, punches, referee had to step in and stop it. First round victory. I mean, if you're trying to get the UFC excited, he's just gone and done that. But maybe the funnier story of the night was trying to get a stream for that fight. Like, it's no surprise to me that people want to watch Kiefer fight. Like, I mean, ever since the Bama days, he was, um, you know, a big, big draw on these Dublin cards. But I was inundated with people asking me, when's it starting? When is it? Where's the stream? I contacted Lee Hammond very early in the day. Lee Hammond, who's competing on the upcoming season of Tough. And I'm saying to Lee, like, what's going on? He's saying, oh, they're trying to make a stream. The the Royce promotion in Porto. They're trying to make a stream. They're going to have a stream. Go over to their page. They're going to have it. If they don't, I'll, I'll go live. I was like, oh, brilliant. Thank you, Lee. You're a legend. And he is. So, you know, the card is on. There's still no stream. I have pe- tens of people, scores of people reaching out to me. Where's the link? Where's the link? Where's the link? Still have nothing. Then the genius, the marketing genius that is Keen Cowley. Keen, obviously, a lot of followers online. You know, celebrated movie toy fighter, moved into MMA, Obviously, famously, one of McGregor's key training partners. He puts up a post. Follow this page if you want the live stream. It's his his personal coaching page. I mean, marketing genius. When I got on, it was like 650 followers. I think it's just like a business account for his personal training thing. By the time the fight starts, I think it had about 1,500. 
unbelievable i need him to work on my instagram i'm i'm terrible on instagram so we got the live feed through Keane's uh phone and it was wild the fight was brilliant but i do feel like roy's have let Kiefer down that they don't have a broadcast quality footage of that fight because it was it was again and i've been saying this a lot this week it was the best performance of his career it was absolutely brilliant and good for him. Like, I mean, I feel as though with McGregor coming back into the UFC side of things, you've got Lee there who's cornering Kiefer at this event. Lee being there in terms of he's going to be on tough. I think anything that happens there, as long as he's aligned with McGregor, it's a really positive thing for him going forward, potentially getting into the UFC. I mean, are we closing in on a new era of Irish MMA in the UFC? I didn't think it would ever happen, but here it is. It's coming at me fast. You know, great to see Irish people in the UFC. I'd be very happy to see it. So, yeah, delighted for Kiefer. Great week for SBG. Will and Kiefer having huge wins. And, uh, yeah, great to see. Thank you to Chuck. Thank you to Troy for my beautiful sound here. He's had to cut me out breathing a lot again, I'd imagine. The old allergies are kicking in again. The sun was shining today for about two hours destroys me and thank you to jordan starting out the video the video of course which you can see on the ariel hawani show page on youtube and you can get this podcast on the ariel hawani show network across apple spotify and everywhere else you get your podcast thank you so much we've got a big one later on this week with a view to this big main event ufc 287 pereira i'm nearly getting that pronunciation right all the time sometimes i slip back into pereira but pereira fiat have a lovely week see you on thursday